0: IFM, 101.9 megahertz of life. Joining us in the line now, we have Kanan Lidon, who from the Times of israel's is a Jewish world reporter. Kanan, good afternoon to you, and thanks once again for joining us on the afternoon overdrive.
1: Hi, Michael. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, great to have you on board, always, uh, Kanan. We're looking now this afternoon, as I mentioned when I have introduced the show, from uh, well closer to home perspective, looking at, uh, in this case, the return of a couple to the kibbutz Kfar Aza. last month, uh, Shnoman sixty-two, his wife Alet Cohen, became the first residents to return to the kibbutz, where Hamas terrorists, of course, as we know, massacred people on October the seventh. That was about eighty people, one in ten residents, and abducted another eighteen. I'm I'm just setting the term and the um, the background for our discussion this afternoon, Kanan. Uh, let's begin. Have Have you met this couple?
1: Yes, I went down to Faraza, okay. and uh, you, you can't just uh, ch- ch- can't just uh, walk in there. You have to have Understood. someone from the inside bring you in. Um, and, uh, and right off the bat, just driving up to the the, the gate it defied my expectations. Because uh-huh. when we see the images from from those hard hit communities, you know, you mentioned a one in 10 residents dead. uh is one in four, you know, when we, and I've visited several of them and they're just um, charred, Right. Ghost towns, wow. uh, with you know, just uh, you see the devastation everywhere, building after building completely torched, and there's there's no one there. And yet, when you drive up to Kfar Aza these days now, uh, there's a traffic jam at the entrance wow. and <laughs> another one at the exit Yeah, it's just it's just bustling. Uh, because there's, uh, first of all, delegations The delegations are back, so mm-hmm. back Of Christians and, and from other parts of the country And soldiers coming to see Not as part of their operational activity But just coming to see what happened uh, and, and rehabilitation professionals Park rangers oh, every, Everyone and their cousin Is in, is in those communities right now and So oh. that was the first surprise Then Shachal brings me in uh Sachar Schnormann and his wife, Ayelet Cohen, have been living in that place before it became the focus of such activity. Really? They've lived there from, uh, from from Hanukkah. So for 45 days, they lived wow. in that uh, ghost town landscape that I described. It only changed like two weeks ago. Okay. Uh, and then he took me around and showed me what he knows journalists wants to want to see the, the scenes of the massacre and amid those scenes and these are homes that are wrapped up in yellow police tape and zaka the response the first response organization you know, they leave they leave those graffiti, uh, on, the, on the façade of the houses they visit, detailing in their own code how many mm. dead, how many of the dead are Jewish, how many are alive in each house. So that's, that's where the, the surviving houses all have these morbid, terrible markings. Once you know the significance, you know they're inescapable. Um, um, and so he leaves me among these houses in the alleyways of Kiryat of Faraza, and he takes me to the one residence his own home where uh, people have been living for 45 days in what is basically a sprawling crime scene and uh, word got around that they are living there people are starting to those visitors that i mentioned so they're coming to to see them because it carries a lot of significance for 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 all of us here and beyond uh, these early signs of renewal Okay uh, So we're sitting down in his veranda And uh, he's uh, making espresso He has a little uh, uh, You know, garden kitchen there He's making us espressos And we're sipping our steaming espressos And he's saying You know, this, this is an image of victory I am an image of victory Indeed and That really fits in well with the, with the kibbutz narrative You know, the, the plow is the borderline is, um, is as a catchphrase in the kibbutz ethos. Uh, we we establish the state of Israel, Zionism, not with the tank, but with the plow. So that's that's where he's coming from. He grew up also in a kibbutz. He's sixty-five. His wife is fifty-five. She's a masseuse. He's a forklift op- okay. operator. Now. Right. I asked them what made them come to that. You want a vibrant, beautiful community, but right now, frankly, a hellhole. Uh, and he told me, well, you know, we were living in, in some, we had great digs in Tel Aviv, great arrangement, but I was an emotional wreck. I couldn't start the car. If, if, uh, I couldn't start the car and I had sobbing fits whenever I tried to and didn't work. You know, I was in that kind of condition. I yet couldn't sleep. She was pressing oranges in the wow. kitchen because they, all the citrus trees are just, full of fruit. So we okay. make all, or apple juice and orange juice for the troops. Um, so, so we just ended up one night staying. And Ayelet slept like a baby. And I immediately was uh, kind of relaxed. And so we stayed. And just on that week that I visited them, last week, that um, determination paid off. Because I'm glad to report that another resident of Kfar Aza, they're living in okay. government arranged uh, mm-hmm. accommodations. Right. She uh, followed the couple because okay. they, they set the example. They showed that it is possible to live back home. Right. And so now Kfar Aza, when uh, uh, when darkness falls, uh, there are two homes with lights in Kfar Aza instead of one, and of course with an eye to all of the community returning. There are discussions inside the community right okay. now. I've right. spoken to parents of young children. Not everyone is ready to come back, but that's the start.
0: Okay. So I guess you just uh, wrapped up uh, your an answer in a nutshell as to what I was actually going to ask you. You mentioned now that... Um Sorry about somebody, that. No, 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 no. no that somebody now followed suit with schnormann and uh, his wife, Eilat. I was going to ask now uh, in terms of encouraging others to come back now. Uh, w- w- there seems to still be that reluctance from what I gather from what you're saying, Kieran, uh, for, for, what, for, well, for obvious reasons. But uh, is there more of a determination? Do you sense more of a determination from at least you know, more people out there to return back home?
1: Well, it really depends on the personal circumstances. Mm-hmm. Ayant and Shachar have no children. If you do have young children, I've spoken to a young couple, Avidor uh, Schwarzman, um, he told me, listen, I'd love to come back, all the ethos, all the vision sure. But as a parent, I have an ultimate directive, which is to keep my children safe, and it doesn't feel safe. And I can tell you, it doesn't feel safe. You can see mm-hmm. the smoke billowing from Gaza, Okay. From the fields of Farazah. you can hear the the roar of the of the war machine. Okay. Uh, it, it's not a place to raise a child in, and so. Right. Uh being a growing young community, mm. Um, mm. there are there's a significant contingent of the community that's not ready to come back.
0: Can I, okay, so you've you've given an idea as to you know the the environment there and what you're hearing, the roar of the machinery as you put as of the war machinery as you put it, and uh, there's still that unsettling noise and ease, uh, or rather situ a sense of, of sense of situation out there um is, is there any type of secure are there any uh, like say security troops on the ground in those areas that were attacked
1: yes absolutely the place is uh, locked down uh right after october 7 you know none of us here are terribly impressed by that okay. the uh, failures were right. so great the mm-hmm. danger so imminent and palpable okay. that it, it, just, it just damages your feeling of, of safety and security Indeed. no matter the security arrangements can
0: i sorry sorry to interrupt you we just have to go to a quick uh, news update so do you mind if i hijack your time for another five minutes <laughs> course okay great kanan we'll come back to you if you've just joined us welcome to the afternoon overdrive i'm chatting to kanan lidor uh, times of israel's Jew- jewish world reporter having a fascinating chat to him about what's transpiring in these areas that were attacked on october the 7th in this case kibbutz kafar azar stay with us we're just going to get a short news update Yes, calvin <laughs> ifm 101.9 megahertz of life <laughs> Just about going twenty nine minutes to five. If you just joined us, welcome to the afternoon overdrive on one one point nine high FM. I'm Michael McKenna. I'm chatting to Kanan Ladon from the Times of Israel. He's a Jewish world reporter. Kanan, thanks for staying on the line. Okay, so we were discussing the situation surrounding this kibbutz, the specific kibbutz area and these areas that were horrifically attacked by. Um, by Hamas on October the 7th. My next question to you was what efforts are being made to restore uh, residences and kibbutzes and other um, places of dwellings in in this part of the world?
1: Well, the government has set aside a uh, base sum of uh, 18 billion shekels, that's four and a half billion dollars, uh, to restore that uh, region called Tkuma region right now there are there are incentives in place for residents to come back they get a substantial grant of a few thousand dollars a month if they come back right uh, but they still have the option of uh, of, of having government accommod- accommodations which is going to be phased out in the next few months with an eye to september 2024 as no incentives being offered for people to stay out of their communities, even the ones right up against the border. And there's a bunch of those. Uh, and, uh, and in the meantime, uh, and of course, those those very, very severely affected communities like well, you know, they need to be basically built from the ground up. And so they're going to be able to stay in government accommodations. We're talking about a few thousand people uh, until probably 2025.
0: Okay, and also, of course, now, uh, essential infrastructure, I mean, plumbing, things like that, water supplies and what have you. Is, is anything like that being, any efforts being made in that regard?
1: So, those delegations, that, that traffic, rather, that I mentioned earlier in Kfaraza, that is part of it. That's a stream okay. of engineers and city planners and, and builders, construction workers, starting already working on the ground under fire to get that done.
0: Okay. Kanan, if I can just expand our conversation a bit. Okay, so other regions affected by attacks, for example, in the, in the north now, we have Hezbollah raining down fire upon communities there. Uh, do you have, uh, can you tell us exactly what's going on with uh, that situation? And uh, residents, uh, are, they, are they in any way returning there? Or are they still keeping away from that uh, sensitive part of the world? What is the exact status in that part of the world?
1: um we should indeed uh, mention michael that in addition to those 50,000 evacuees from the south we have another 40,000 evacuees in the north uh ghost down completely empty uh but for a few hundred very tenacious residents and um that's because the stakes are much higher with hezbollah uh first of all higher ca- capacities for uh, hurting civilians for targeting civilians in the first place of course basically unaffected by the uh, skirmishes that have taken place uh, for the past three months um and in other words they can just flatten within an hour if okay. they start firing and that's why people are, are staying uh, away the government is giving an open-ended accommodations uh, solutions to those people and there is debate about this in israel because Like I said, part of the ethos of Zionism is population. These are not secure, sterile security buffer zones. We don't have those in Israeli territory. If we have them, it's usually at the expense of the enemy, like we had in Lebanon. And now there are voices saying, yeah, you've done it, you've made a buffer zone inside their territory. So basically, it equals retreat. And there, there, is, uh, there is a lot of uh, controversy around
0: this. Kanan, I think uh, I've hijacked your time enough, and I must thank you so much for holding on the line, just to elaborate a bit more as to what is transpiring in, uh, how can we put it, the Israeli countryside following these horrific attacks on October the 7th. So Kanan Lidor. Thanks once again for joining us on the Afternoon Overdrive. Kanan Lidor, Times of Israel's Jewish World Reporter.